0: Early to bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. Early to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez.
1: Line up, ladies. All right,
0: guys. our number
2: two. Time to dive into the uh, the betting card this weekend, and it is uh, huge. Uh, we just talked about the uh, Genesis Open yesterday, a couple of the matchups, one that I just found, uh, and I love it, and I'm going all in on it. We're talking about Justin Thomas, JT going up against Tiger Woods uh, at pretty much even par, minus uh, 125 for the uh, for the money line for JT, plus 105 for Tiger. But if you want to lay a half a stroke, it's pretty much even Even money. Uh, Justin Thomas came into this tournament, unbelievable form, Dane. Uh, He had a bad round. It started bad for him yesterday, but he is a guy I anticipate that will come out firing a 65-66 today. I don't know that we're going to get the same back-to-back Tiger Woods. Either way, I like JT to be able to outshoot Tiger Woods here today. That's a pretty good price. Even at minus 125, I'll take my chances with Justin Thomas here.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, there's going to be some guys who you know, they're just too good, right? They're just right, too right. good to lay an egg two days in a row to kind of bounce back. We talk about it all the time, so it applies to golf as well.
2: Yeah, Kuchar, too. He's got a couple of interesting ones. Um, uh, Matsuyama he's taken on, and Kutcher is at plus money. So if you think Kooch has got a, uh, a three okay. or four under in him there. If he's got it uh, in him again? Yeah, that's plus 110. So he's got... Um, you know, can he, can he extend it to two rounds? So a lot of good stuff there. A lot of great matchups, guys. Opportunities for you to be able to cash in. Also, of course, the Daytona 500 on Sunday, Dane. More opportunities for guys to be able to cash in. Big storylines. Kind of interesting enough, I do believe they took the restrictor plates off this year for Daytona. The very first time they've done that in a while. So... You might want to take a look at this leaderboard right now with some of the some of the bigger favorites like Kyle Bush is back to defend the title. He's at what plus six six to one, six, seven to one. Kevin Harvick is right in there at right around the same. There yep. are some opportunities, but we got a couple of names that are long shots for you. We'll give you those coming up here. But let's check in with the latest headlines from the grid,
0: sportsgrid.com. Sports Grid News Update.
1: Well, we've hit the NBA All-Star break, and it seems as though Paul George might need some extra Valentine sent his way. He left Thursday's Clipper loss to the Celtics due to a left hamstring strain. That's the same hamstring he has injured twice this season already. That game went to double overtime with the Boston Celtics winning 141-133. to 133, 39 points, 9 rebounds, and assist, a steal, and a block for Jason Tatum in that win. Lou Williams tried to carry... The Clippers across the finish line, 35 points, eight assists, six rebounds. The other contest last night was, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans and Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder with the win there, 123 to 118. Zion Williamson with a strong game for the Pels in the loss, 32 points, six rebounds, and an assist. Other news from the National Basketball Association. Damian Lillard is expected to miss one to two weeks with a groin strain. The Celtics announced they plan to retire Kevin Garnett's number 5 jersey next season. And Carl Anthony Towns is, quote, expected to miss multiple games after the All-Star break. It's not clear exactly what that means as the Wolves haven't provided an official timetable or said what the injury is exactly. It sounds like it's his left wrist. Head coach Ryan Saunders did say the team would, quote, try to push forward without cats. In the NFL, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting the University of Colorado has reached out to Chiefs offense coordinator Eric Biennemi about its head coaching vacancy. And speaking in an interview with ESPN, Miles Garrett stood by his allegations that Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur before last November's brawl. In baseball, Seattle outfielder Mitch Haniger went under the knife again on Thursday. Haniger's surgery on Thursday was a disectomy, an operation to remove an invertible disc from his back. This was the second surgery in a three-week span for Haniger, who does not have a timetable to return. And Kevin Pillar has signed a one-year, $4 million contract with the Boston Red Sox. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your SportsGrid News Update.
2: Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, huge uh, weekend. Uh, we are going to be in store for XFL coming your way. We'll give you the latest odds there. Uh, of course, uh, more golf. The Daytona 500 on Sunday, and I don't know 150 some odd college basketball games on tap tomorrow night in uh, a Saturday card. That's going to be huge. The All Star Game, the NBA All Star Game, is also up for grabs, and uh, given. The star power between these two teams. And uh, I do know this a lot of what is bet during the All Star game, it's obviously the total. And uh, I know books can't put the total up high enough, Dane. Uh, They never can. And it usually always hits. But some of the MVP odds, the futures, also three point challenge, slam dunk challenge, those kinds of things. So opportunities to be able to bet on this. We'll talk about a few of them uh, coming up. But you heard Dan talk about. Good old uh, Miles Garrett there and uh, the interview Mm -hmm. that he did. And it's amazing to me that he would double down like he did regarding what he had heard from Mason Rudolph. And Mason Rudolph, of course, is denied ever saying anything uh, to him to cause it. I do believe that Miles Garrett believes what what he says he heard. I believe he thinks he heard that. But if I'm one of these guys, I'm really pissed off right now. Am I not then? Because you're basically A, calling me a racist when I'm not. Yeah. Or B, you're going, you know, you called me that and you're lying and nobody wants to believe me. Like one of them should be inside really pissed off right now. No? Yeah. Whichever
3: one is, you know, being lied about, right? Can it both um, be true? I guess it could be true that Miles Garrett believes he heard it and it ultimately didn't happen over the, you know, in between the lines. A lot of stuff gets said. Right. Right. Um, But my thing to your other point, Joe, is this is the day you've been reinstated. Right. This is the day you look forward. Right. This is the day where you're like, all right, cool. I'm back in good graces. I'm going to shut up. And let everyone turn the page instead of bringing it back to the controversy. You don't kind of like unearth it again. You know what I mean? You're back. Yeah, yeah. You put your head down and you say, I'll see you at training camp. And you don't say Jack until then. At least that's the way I would play it. Um, But, you know, with it back in the narrative. And this is just like I told you about the Houston Astros, Joe. You know, they they didn't want to keep on having to deal with this. They wanted to get ahead of it. So the NFL, in the cover of, you know, their offseason, when people are talking about everything else except the NFL, this is when they slide it in. Okay, he's back so that now time can heal all wounds and they won't have to deal with it on the starting of, you know, NFL training camp.
2: I'm with, I just don't understand why he brought it up unless he kind of feels like, the narrative around him was you were trying to make an excuse. It didn't really happen. Like, I think a part of him really is bent that people did not believe what he said because the NFL couldn't find any tape on it. Couldn't. uh, I really do believe miles Garrett believes what he had heard. Absolutely believes it. Now he's not trying to justify his actions. Not at all. And it's amazing when you watch the interview and you listen to him, Dane, it's, it really is fascinating what he seems to be like two totally different guys when he gets right. on the field and when he gets off. You know what I mean? When you, yeah. when you like, perfect for example, you, you listen to him talk in some of the interviews, He's he right. is exactly what you think he is on the field. No, Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett like, plays the piano
3: and does yoga, to... that kind of stuff. <laughs>
2: it's so true. It's a totally different dude, right. man. It's amazing to me. And... I don't know that I would have brought it up, but he's got at least an offseason now. He's back in camp. He's back in the NFL. It remains to be seen because his reinstatement, also looking to see if Vontez Berfick lands with the team. Because don't forget, he was indefinitely suspended uh, with the Colts there. I think he could have helped the Colts a lot on defense last year. It'll be interesting to see. Is anybody give extend a uh, an arm, an olive branch to Vontez Perfect to see if they can get him back? Does he go to the Colts? Uh, this does have some ramifications. Dan the you know the you're definitely suspended, but now you're not suspended anymore.
3: Wasn't perfect with the Raiders, right? Because we were like, oh my goodness, when Richie Incognito and Vontez Perfect. Oh no, it was against the Colts. I'm sorry, it
2: was the Raiders. Yeah, it was right? exactly.
3: Yeah. And, and he by absolutely going to help. Yep. Right. And by yep. all reports, he was kind of like a good teammate there. Remember, yep. Antonio Brown was taking the mantle of, you know, doing the crazy yep. stuff during hard knocks and all that stuff. Yep. But like him, yep. Richie Incognito, those were kind of two guys that you were you were surprised that, oh, wow, they did. And remember, Vontes Perfect just had a hit. And it was kind of the NFL said cumulative reputation was part of why he was out for the rest of the year. It was a kind of three strikes thing. So I wonder if that means it's a clean slate for him. But, yeah, I think he's evolved a little bit. We'll see if Miles Garrett has as well. Because, remember, he led the league in, like, 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalties. He's yes. the one who took out Trevor Simeon on Monday Night Football as well, which gave us the yep. bulk era for the Jets. Yep. So, you know, we'll see if he's actually a changed man and heeds the warning now that uh, it's been taken away from him for a little while.
2: You know, the thing we learned with Burfect, and, you know, he took out Jack Doyle, the tight end from uh, yeah. uh, from Indy, which was, that was it. That was the last straw with everybody. The guy is a difference maker, still, on the field. The guy's a great linebacker, but he only knows, and this is the problem, I think, Miles Garrett might have, he only plays the game one way. I don't know right. that he know. you know what I mean? I don't know that you can teach an old dog new tricks, so to speak, and... When it becomes instinctive like that, ah, that's kind of hard to get away from, man. It really, really is. Uh, but, hey, congratulations, Garrett. You're back in. We'll talk a little uh, NBA All-Star game, how to bet it, how to approach it, MVP odds, all of that coming up next here on The Grid.
0: DailyRoto.com.
2: Coming up here, a little uh, college basketball talk. Our uh, our good college, uh, good friend, college basketball analyst there, Maxwell Smart will join us, break down some of the uh, some of the action on tonight's uh, card, which is filled with uh, some Miak, a little Ivy League, uh, some teams and uh, games that you're probably like, I have no idea where that school is, and that's perfect because uh, Maxwell Smart does, so he'll be able to point us in the right direction, give us a couple of uh, plays from there but also the NBA All-Star game is this weekend and a lot has certainly changed over the last couple of years in the All-Star game they've kind of tweaked it they're trying to get it they're trying to get it all um where maybe more scoring they you know they want effort on both sides it's like any typical All-Star game trying to get guys it's all about the lead up the game itself is kind of trash But it's the lead up. It's the three point competition, the skills competition, the dunking, uh, all of those types of things. You had Giannis last year uh, picking teams uh, and LeBron just absolutely smoked them last year. I think there was uh, 342 points, um, which is just uh, absolutely crazy there. there was just 293 in 2018. But. We could probably see 280 points on any given night in the NBA anyway, Dane. So I think they really wanted to kick it up a notch. So you can do MVP things. You can do the skills competition. You can bet on. The total is really where a lot of people like to gravitate to. Forget about the side, although everyone seems to think Giannis is not a great general manager and that he picks... He I don't know guys if the spikes he not necessarily <laughs> right. who are gonna, All make guys a he's gonna play teams. against
3: in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Right, exactly. Maybe he was just uh, trying to get a scouting report. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So
2: um who won it last year, if I'm not mistaken, was it Westbrook last year or no? Um not sure. No, 2017, it was Anthony Davis. Um, back to back Russell winner. Don't yeah. they always
3: usually go with the hometown
2: guy if they can? It's the it's the first time since 1988 that it's going to be in Chicago. Uh, it's been that long since the All Star Game has actually been uh, in Chicago. And but don't forget, we've got we got some rule changes this year, Dane, because of the you know the honoring of the Kobe Bryant. They decided to go ahead and kind of change it up a little bit here, where the score, I believe, is going to be reset to 0-0 zero zero after the first and second quarters. So the winners of the first, second, and third quarters are gonna receive $100,000 per quarter, and they can donate that to a Chicago-based charity of whoever the captain chooses. At the end of the third quarter, the total scores from each quarter will be combined, and then from that point on, it's a typical game. So it's interesting the way and the fourth quarter, by the way, there's no clock on this. Dane, am I correct on this? There's zero, so they're going to come up with a target score, which is going to be 24 points more than whoever is whatever the highest score is at the end of the third. So, in really? other words, if somebody has 100 points at the end of the third, and that's the it's 199, then 124 is the is the target score there. So it's kind it sounds confusing, but Basically, the team who gets to that target score first at the end of the fourth will go ahead and win the game. And it doesn't matter if that happens in eight minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. They are basically telling you somebody, whoever that is, get to that number and the game is over. And and look Joe, at these that's teams, Dane. It's huge, right? That is huge. Yep. So that Joe, maybe you got to play some defense, no? Joe,
3: that makes me think under big time. Because well, here's the thing, Joe. The you and I both know that the way these games go, no one plays until the last five minutes of the quarter. Right, right. right. No. no one plays until the last five minutes. They're not playing hard or whatever. But if it's already established, after the, you, if I understand you correctly, what you are saying is that after the third quarter is over, we already know that the total for the game can be no more than... 48 points higher than that. Pretty Is much. that correct? Yeah. Pretty much. Right? And yep. in the first three quarters, that maybe not under, excuse me. I mean oh, yeah. Because then in the entire fourth quarter, you're not gonna have both teams putting up correct. 35 points by yep. rule. Right? Yep. And so at the end of the third quarter, when it's you know ninety eight to ninety two, the total's already done because getting it's, to 123 wins, right. right? And it may also be off the board. So, um That's very interesting, the fact that the that fourth quarter is not timed but on points. That is very that's a difference about how you would cap the game especially given Joe the way that, you know, all-star games flow and nothing matters until the last 5 minutes of the fourth quarter. There is no last 5 minutes. There's like the last 8 points of the fourth quarter. So, we
2: know since uh from 2005 to 2012 in the All-Star Game in the NBA, we are looking at totals uh, over, under, of around 265 and a half. But since 2013, and they really started pushing offense, 315 points, uh, Dane, is what the average total has been. And in fact, even with those totals, the over in those games has gone nine and five. So this unders, uh, I'm sorry, Underdogs and overs have been the most profitable bets to make in the NBA All-Star Game over the years, right? But to your point, I don't know that I blindly want to follow that trend, given the fact that I know by the time the fourth quarter comes, it's going to be a race to 24, and then it's going so to be okay. The maximum number
3: of points to be scored in the fourth quarter, 24 to 43. You're going to know it, right? You are going to know it exactly. Correct. Yep, Look at the exactly total in this correct. game, Joe. The total in this game is 298
0: and a half.
2: That's correct. Okay, I got to tend to so, believe they're going to they're gonna pull it off the board in the fourth quarter. I, there's no way they're going to leave that number up there. So
3: that's the thing. If you got a 300 roughly total, they're expecting. For live betting anyway. Right. Right. they are expecting, Joe, like 70, 75 points a quarter. And that's the way it usually works. But they are telling you right now because the rules of the game. Yep. That the fourth quarter can't have more than, you know, uh, 24, 23, 47 points. That's got to change the total. And to be quite honest, Joe, I'm I'm not kidding. The game, the total for the game just went off the board on FanDuel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Seriously, I do it, think it'll it get it. It vanished. Uh, while, uh, yep. In the middle of my sentence, it just vanished. I, I don't, don't know, know if, like, obviously FanDuel's listening to us and they're catching on. I doubt it. But... Seriously, Joe, like they're projecting, you know, 40 points by each team, each quarter. And by definition, that cannot happen.
2: So you've got a four and a half point side, right? The favorite is team LeBron with his, uh, which I believe is, uh, about four and a half. Do they still have these, the side up? No, they took it off. They took the side as well as the total, Took the game off the board on, so it, yeah, well, Fandula. that means there's probably a line change coming. But yes, it, it's I'm seeing a lot of four and a halves, and I do think a lot of people are under the assumption that LeBron outdid Giannis again in the draft. That he has the better team, and and throw that uh, graph up there one more time, guys, if you can, for the uh, uh, for these MVP's, two teams here. Uh, but again, knowing underdogs have been pretty good. I mean, if you look at this team. Uh, I'm trying I mean, Donchick, Davis. Maybe the height advantage goes to Team LeBron. Maybe the size advantage goes, although you got Rudy Gobert there. Um, you got Bam, but and you got Joel Embiid going up against Doncic Davis, Jokic. No Damian Lillard, so he's not gonna no be Lillard. in there. I, I, this looks pretty even to me, Dane. I mean, I you know, I don't I don't know why everyone no, is I think convinced. LeBron's that. Team is
3: better. You think Because so? also remember, remember this, Joe, the all-star game is even more of uh like 2020 kind of game, right? Where the big men, Giannis has Embiid, uh, Adebayo, these are go bear. those three guys are not guys that uh, are suited to the way the all-star game will be played. This is going to be even more open, Joe. Right. than what we think and having, you know, having Rudy Gobert, he's a great center at all, but he doesn't work in this kind of game. Same with Embiid unless he wants to park outside the three point line. It's about wing play, I think, in the all star game. And LeBron has that in spades. Giannis took some big men. I don't think that just plays in the all star game setting, Joe.
2: Well, I if it comes down to a three point shooting contest, I like Giannis's team a hell of a lot better than I do uh Team LeBron. Unless you want uh, you know, Harden chucking up ninety shots over there. I uh I got better faith in Trey Young and Jimmy Butler and uh and a few of these other guys to be able to hit shots uh when needed. Uh Middleton I, uh, it's I'm the taking the dog. The Give me the I know Kawhi's not what is Kawhi gonna do, right? He just played last night. He can This is Mr, um, Mr load management. So how much of an effort are you really going to get from him? There is no Damian Lillard. So uh, some of these guys, I don't, I don't know the effort level that we're going to get on some of them. I think Giannis, if nothing else, he picked these guys because he wants guys who want to win. You know what I mean? I, the, the guys he picked are guys that he goes, these are dudes who I know are going to go out there and flat out ball and want to win. Giannis does not want to lose on any level, guys. May, understand that. And maybe that's why he avoided some of these other guys where I want guys that want to win, that want to play, that are going to give some effort. So it'll be interesting to see. And plus you got Giannis here. So I, I don't know, man. I, I Give me four and a half points. I think I'm all over
3: the underdog in this one. All right. Fair enough. What about All-Star Saturday? Because, you know, uh, Lillard's not in the three-point contest anymore. That's it That's looks correct. like they put Devin Booker in his mm-hmm. spot. I got Joe Harris, last year's winner, I believe. The favorite at three, plus 350. Trey Young at around 4-1. to one, Burton's right. 460. Um, and then some of the other names, you know, like Booker, Healed, Zach Levine in there as well. I, I mean, you like Trey Young? I do. I really do, man. Yeah, I, 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 I think
2: literally. he's just. I think he's going to light him up again. You know what I mean? I wish yeah. there was Steph Curry. I wish there was Clay Thompson. But yeah. um, I like Trey, man. Yep. Also, the MVP right. odds are out. Maybe there's some value, uh, there's some value there in taking the MVP in the game. We'll talk to that plus Maxwell Smart. Kyle Cook, next here on The Bridge. Bye.
0: DailyRoto.com.
2: Check in uh, on this Friday to the Grid Sports. Grid is the early line. I'm Joe Ranieri. Dane Martinez here getting you guys ready for what is going to be a fantastic and loaded weekend here across the board in all sports. Uh, but tonight, great opportunities, contrarian dream here tonight, the opportunity to get a whole lot of public uh, and recreational dollars betting on teams that people have not even seen play once or have no idea where they are. 14 games on the card and here to join us to help us uh, break down the most obscure of colleges is the one and only Maxwell Smart, part of the uh, the Keg Crew. And uh, I gotta tell you, Max, I, there's gonna be people with no NBA no XFL, uh, you know, a couple of NHL, but recreational guys don't bet on the NHL. You're going to have a lot of guys jonesing to throw a couple of bucks down on, I don't know, like Brown, Pennsylvania, who uh, who have never bet on them in their life. So I'm thinking there might be some value on the board here tonight with some of these games. And no max yet. All right, hold on. We'll grab him here. I know it, uh, he'll be... Uh... We'll pop him on in a minute, but some of those. Yeah, we'll get him on got, in a
3: second. Cause I gotta ask him about know. Cal State Northridge.
2: You know what oh, I mean? I knew you were gonna go to. You just wanna. You just wanna go ahead and uh, and live yeah. and uh, just kill yourself while you're doing right. it. But you know, that's it's, right. It's his fault, cause him leading you in that direction landed the well, push. Well, we pushed. So, we pushed. Yeah. yeah so exactly. But there, yeah, there are four. We do have four games that have gotten the most movement tonight, like we gave you yesterday, guys. We'll go over those quick. Brown, Pennsylvania, tonight, you, Penn, there, right? Um, Ivy League Showdown. One team's 11 and eight. The other team is 12 and seven. Brown, though, is 6 and 11, 6 11 and one against the number. Uh, Penn is 12 and six against the number. So we've got a team in Penn at home who is very used to covering, means they've been undervalued a little bit throughout the season. Everyone expected Brown to be better, but two-thirds of the bets are laying the points, but I'm watching the number. I'm watching it drop down, Dane. What I'm seeing six and a half. What are you I seeing? I see seven. I see Penn see seven. It back up to seven. Okay, so what we're seeing right now is Brown getting a little bit of love here as a road conference dog in a rivalry game so there mm-hmm. is a there is a little bit of a reverse line shift going on on this one. Everyone just assumes Pennsylvania going to be the better team at home. Uh, we we watch Wichita.
4: I gotta State. disagree.
2: Also, oh,
0: right, well, Ooh, guys, well, there he, he is. is what you bro. got, Max?
4: What's going on, guys? Sorry about the technical difficulties. Yeah, like okay. uh, I I'm I'm agreeing I'm agreeing with this line move actually because what have we seen from Brown? Brown can get on the boards. They can really frustrate you on defense, turn this into a rock fight. And what does Pennsylvania want to do? Pennsylvania does not want to get into that type of pace and tempo kind mm. of game.
2: Yeah, buy low, sell high is what it is on uh, on Brown right now. Good opportunity there, Max. And uh, I was saying earlier, with no NBA on and not nothing else except these 14 games and, of course, the extra card, there's going to be a lot of recreational dollars hitting the market. There's going to be some some inflated numbers here tonight, are there not? Oh, I think so. I think that there's a lot of public perception of certain
4: teams and because of their ATS records that maybe we get on the other side, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that. And I'm going to just jump into a game quickly. South yeah. Dakota state, one of the best ATS teams in the nation right now, a 15 point favorite at home versus Denver, who is a very good double digit cover team. They've covered uh six out of eight games that they've been a double digit favorite in. But the fact is, South Dakota State's going to lock you down. They can get up and down with you. They're going to limit you from getting to the free throw line. And every time they've had a step up in competition within the conference, they've blasted them at home.
3: I don't think Mm. that stops tonight. I'm laying the big number with South Dakota State.
4: Ooh. I see it as 15
3: points, Maxwell. Denver, though, not really a good squad. 5-20 and 20 overall, only 1-10 in, in the Summit Conference. You're telling me that South Dakota State is easy to handle that big-time number? I'm seeing it at 15, Maxwell. Yeah, absolutely, Dane. I think that this is a number that they can cover. Look,
4: when we look at the Nebraska-Omaha game, we look at the North Dakota game, these are all games where they won by serious margin over this number that is um, up right now. I will point out that it opened at 16. There is money coming on Denver. But I think that this is misguided. I think that this is misguided. Um, I think that's misguided movement. And with the fact that Denver's going to have a harder time getting to the free-throw line like they normally don't have. I think that's going to play a big difference tonight. I think South Dakota State swallows them up, and I think that this is a um, comfortable double-digit win for them.
3: Sounds good. Hey, Max, I got to tell you, I was riding with you, bro. You've been telling me about Cal State Northridge, okay, for the last, like, three weeks, right? So I backed them last night against Cal Poly. I was lucky, though. Maxwell, I got him at eight. They won by eight. It was a push. It then moved to eight and a half. Um, Good thing we got it early or else I would have been a little bit upset with you this morning. Can we turn our attention to the Ivy League, Maxwell? (laughs) The Ivy League, we got a lot of games in the Ivy League tonight. We got Princeton hosting Yale in a matchup of five and one teams in that conference. You like anything in the Ivy League tonight? Yeah, listen, uh, you
4: you touched on the game that I want to talk about, and that's the premier game on the Ivy League board. I'm looking at the home dog, plain and simple. Princeton has dominant front court play with Richard Uragoza and Ryan Schweiger. Um, J- um, J- Laylin, excuse me, Jalen Llewellyn is a Canadian point guard from my neck of the woods. So okay, when I see cool. these guys playing, I'd watch a good deal of them. Plus four, plus four and a half, I'll take that.
2: Wow. All right. Well, give me a MAC nice. game here tonight. Uh, Akron, right? I guess this is kind of like the battle of uh, between the two teams at the uh, at the top of the MAC there, and Akron laying four and a half uh, at Central Michigan here. Total is up there, 155 and a half. That doesn't surprise me. What do you think about the Zips? Uh, they are kind of the best team in the conference, are they not?
4: Yeah, from a, from a number perspective, they definitely have a lot of value, but we have to take into consideration how they've been playing recently. I think that mm. getting that Bowling Green win at home was a big win, but you have to have the asterisks beside it because there was no Dylan Fry. I think against Central Michigan, we've seen them really uh, been able to um, – change their pace and tempo of offense I think that this game personally goes under the 155 or 156 but from mm. a side perspective I'm looking at Central Michigan once again Akron on the road has been very different than they have been at home and I think that um if you can get your tempo which I think that David DeLeo and Rob Montgomery will be able to do it nullifies what Darius Williams and more and Christian Jackson are going to try and do on the offensive end so I think that this game is a little more frustrating, but I do think that Central Michigan finds a way to stay within the number,
3: unlike uh, the game against Eastern Michigan from the other day. Hey, Max, let's zoom out a bit, okay? We're getting to the end of the conference schedule, and what I always want to know is who's getting hot at the right time. Max, you know, as we start to get into these conference tournaments and ultimately March Madness, are there any teams that I wouldn't know it based on their record, but either they're getting healthy or they're getting hot or they're, you know, freshmen that are get are maturing before our very eyes? What kind of, either it's a mid-major team or a team that, you know, I can start riding that is on the upswing? And don't say Cal State Northridge. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. I will point out, however, I was actually on the other side on that
4: game. Oh, Maxwell! I wish that we, I wish that we had spoken. I would have been like, I watched right, the Cal Poly man. versus Northridge right. game at home. Oh my god! Yeah, but Cal we had 0 11 on the road. 0
3: 11 on the road. But this is an
4: improving, developing offensive team that's been able to use good ball movement to score really?
3: the basketball more than a play. Oh, Maxwell. Profession. Mm-hmm. Maxwell, come on, man! You give me Cal State Northridge two weeks in a row. I see them at home against an 0-11 team with an eight-point spread, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to the sharps. Joe tells us all the time, smart money, smart money, smart money. And you would have been on the other side. All right, fine. Who's the riser? That's not <laughs> the Matadors.
2: All right, you got about okay, 60 so seconds here, Max. 30 seconds. Give Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds, Max. Give, give us your play. Give us your all right. your best bet of the night. Okay, best better tonight is going to be St. Bonaventure, under 133.5.
4: Simple as this, St. Bonaventure plays great defense at home. They have a complete, healthy lineup. Davidson definitely does not want to get into an up-and-down game with them. We know what's going to happen when that happens. St. Bonnie is going to take care of business. I like the under better at 133.5, but I also like minus four. Just to jump in and squeeze this in, I will say two teams to look out for,
2: Merrimack Washington State. Love it, Thank you. Maxwell Smart. Good luck uh, on the plays here this weekend, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. You got it, Maxwell Smart. Make sure you guys are telling him there on we Twitter. Back uh, up to the Cal State Northridge love. Always great stuff. Sorry, that's right for not calling him and asking. That can't I, quote. We're quoting a I damn play so. from him, and, and he was and he was on the other side. I'm damn trying to ride off. with him,
3: and Ridiculous. he abandoned Ridiculous. it. Ride right? it, was, yep. whatever. Ridiculous. I pushed, so it's okay.
2: <laughs> but there, listen, guys, it, it's a decent card tonight. Uh, absolute opportunity, especially uh, in the Ivy League. Some of our best bets are coming up. Uh, in fact, we'll give you some of our favorite plays of the day. They'll be uh, just around the corner. Golf, Daytona, uh, XFL lines. We'll give you those latest lines, too, as I think this is a very important that week two in these developmental leagues guys yes. have always been the kind of make or break we saw what happened week one we'll see what we're gonna get this weekend i'm rooting for it And we'll give you some of our favorite plays we'll do that coming up next year on the grid sportsgrid.com it is the early line
0: let's go come on back well can't believe it
2: edition of the early line welcome in as uh, we've got great games tonight in uh, in college hoops opportunities to go ahead and profit as the nba is off getting ready for the all-star weekend daytona 500 golf kicking off at uh in riviera there at the genesis with tiger woods and company matt kuchar leading that at seven under some uh some really good betting Matchup opportunities today present themselves with the guys that uh, that you believe will definitely be playing over the weekend, uh, and uh, of course, you know the Daytona Five Hundred with the name, the one name I keep hearing guys over and over, and we've talked to a whole bunch of um, guys that are covering the Daytona NASCAR guys, yeah. And the last name is uh, De Benedetto, I believe, De Benedetto, De Benedetto, yes, De Benedetto. This is a guy. That can know a lot about him. Yeah, it, <laughs> listen, it's the guy that they keep. It, really? it come, it's so far we talked to three guys, and every name out of their mouth was Matt Dibenedetto. So one hundred and eighty-one at Fanduel, Joe. Oh, that's I'm the win the champion. It, it's it keeps coming up. Every guy that we talked to, that and Chris Boucher is another guy that keeps coming up. Over and over, those two names. So generally, whenever we when we're hearing guys that cover the leagues and they keep bringing up this, not like we threw it out to them that they when we asked them, you know, give us give us an unknown, give us somebody that you think can sneak up and win this. Um, he's a guy that keeps coming up, along with uh, Chris Boucher. Ricky Stenhouse is also another name okay. that continues to come up. So you got a couple of those, and like you said, what 180, 160, 170. Stranger yeah. things have happened uh, here, guys. Stranger things have happened in that Where's race on Sunday. Happens? Yeah, uh, big time. So uh, XFL, Dane, uh, opening lines here for some of these games. I do find do it, it interesting that we have undefeated teams playing one another, winless right. teams playing one another. So that means we're going to have two undefeateds next week, I believe. We're going to have four and one teams, yes. and we're going to have a couple of Winless teams when it's all said and done. It's interesting the way that worked out from a scheduling standpoint. But you got the DC defenders. Everybody is jumping on, taking on the Guardians, Guardians on the road. Redskin fans have already traded in their jerseys for the DC defenders. Uh Cardell Jones played good uh, in that win over Seattle last week. But what are you showing a line here in this game?
3: So right now, what I'm seeing over our people on FanDuel, the defenders are seven point favorites against the Guardians. Okay, and I got to tell you a little story, Joe. I I, I go back and forth with Window Will, you know, he puts it in at the window for me. And we would this line was six and a half yesterday. Okay, and we were like, hey, if it gets to seven, let's go on New York. But I got to tell you, Joe. I think that was a fool's errand because Mm. of the one, two and three point conversions, Joe. One of the things I'm realizing there is no such thing like seven is not a key number in the XFL. There are no key numbers in the XFL because of the way like, hey, you're down by eight. No problem. You're down by seven. I'll go for three and make it a two point lead. And because there could be so many of those touchdowns are going to wind up being six. I think it warps the numbers. So if you think about three and seven in the NFL, like we say with it in in game live, I don't think the key numbers, as you know, them really matter as much anymore. But the D.C. defenders are a full touchdown favorite at home against the Guardians.
2: Yeah, I, to me, what I what I saw last week was, and I liked Matt McGloin, I thought he played well, obviously, for the Guardians, but I'm more impressed with that defense of theirs. And since they're on the road and early right. in the season still, defense travels, Dane, we know this. So while Matt McGloin was nice, you know, if you want to give me seven points, I think I got the better defense. I trust them to be able to keep it close. I think they are a team that was undervalued. I'm also very interested in seeing a lot of these totals on the board. They were between 51 and 53 and a half, 54. Now they're between that 46 to 48, 49, somewhere in there. So they did come down, and I think they will continue to come down. I do like the Guardians getting the points because I do think their defense is a hell of a lot better than people think it is. And it's certainly a hell of a lot better than what D.C. saw in Seattle last week. So I definitely think there's some value there with that. What about the Vipers?
3: I was just going to say, on D.C., D.C. last week got two touchdowns, one on a blocked punt where where the punt block guy just completely whiffed on a block. Okay, and one on a uh, trick play double reverse, you know, kind of throwback for Cardell Jones. Right. So against a better defensive squad that may not be available for the defenders this week. I like the Guardians plus seven.
2: Yep. I'm with you there. Tampa Bay. Everyone seems to be uh, looking uh, looking to bounce back here. Aaron Murray and company. He took a lot of heat for that clunker that uh, that he threw out there. He was benched in the fourth quarter. Um, I Well, I mean, when you complete 47% of your passes, that's what's going to happen. But it's not a big number. They're taking on that Seattle Dragons team we just talked about, who is, let's face it, not very good. They're going to be looking for the team's uh, worst yeah. record when it's all said and done this year. Yeah. It's a small number. Yes, they're on the road here, but I got to believe Tampa bounces back. What is it, a field goal? Is it three points? Two, two and, and a half, half, three? Two and a half. Two and a half. I got to believe they bounce back. No. Yeah,
3: and you're right, Joe. This is the lowest total on the board. This total is 43 and a half, okay? Yeah, so that's that. a little bit lower than the range you were talking about. These, yep. The books think that Seattle is a, uh, you know, and also ran in this in this league. Right. Opened up at 47,
2: obviously been bet down. Not a lot of expectations out of Seattle. The Dallas Renegades, a four and a half, Dane, over the, uh, at least it opened at four and a half, over the uh,
3: Wildcats.
2: I don't know. Down what to do four. you think?
3: These, how much now? down to four and wow. for me these are the two teams correct me if I'm wrong Joe these are the two teams that lacked their starting quarterback last week right yes, that's uh, correct. Josh yeah. Johnson for play and I believe Landry Jones for Dallas so honestly I don't know the availability of those two guys and I am not touching this game because that's still a big open question for me what do these yeah, teams look like with their uh, real starting quarterback
2: Pepper Johnson got canned by LA uh, last week guys defensive coordinator that's how that's how bad it was and uh, the Battle Hawks uh, taking on the Houston Roughnecks. P.J. Walker, 272 yards, four TDs in the opener. He beat out Connor Cook for the job, and I think we see why. But, uh, boy, Seattle, uh, St. Louis, rather, was a big underdog and a big a big ticket for a lot of backers last week.
3: Yeah, they won on the road, remember, against Dallas without that starting quarterback, but it was a low-scoring game. They won 15-9. to um, You know, so I, I – I've said it. I don't know if I've said it on this show. I said it on Freestyle. Joe, the the Houston Roughnecks are going to be my team. Okay? I am adopting the Houston Roughnecks. I like June Jones without the tight end. I like P.J. Walker. You know I've been on the playmaking dual-threat quarterbacks. I think P.J. Walker is that guy in the XFL. And the defensive line for Houston impressed me. I think they can apply some pressure. And I think in this league with, you know, average offensive line play, that's going to be important. I'm on Houston as the champion of the XFL at 5-1 to one right now. But – um. I think they can get it done at home against the St. Louis team that, you know, only put up 15 points. I like Houston in this one and I'll lay the eight points.
2: Yeah. I see the, uh, the total, uh, this one opened up above 50, 51 or so. And I think it's because of PJ Walker throwing 272 yards and the four touchdowns. Uh, It's not like St. Louis ran all over Dallas guys. Uh, Dallas uh, was of course, without its top two uh, QBs. And it, they didn't exactly uh, destroy them. So I I think the under is probably the way to go in this game as well, just because I don't think St. Louis is going to be able to contribute enough. They play exactly. good defense, uh, but I don't think they're going to be able to contribute enough to, uh, to be able to get this to go the uh, over. And you talked about Houston Roughnecks. They seem to be the future. Uh, those future me. changes. The, all those numbers change. You got the D.C. Defenders at plus 250, Houston yep. Roughnecks at plus 325, Dallas at plus 450, and the Guardians at plus 500. And I do think those will continue to change as we continue to see some uh, XFL, Dane, moving forward. All right, all-star game, NBA all-star game. Where are you going here? Are you looking, uh, you're looking aside? You looking at total? Where are you looking?
3: I am very intrigued, Joe, by what you talked to me about with this rule change stuff mm-hmm. okay i am very intrigued by that it is back on the board 298 and a half is the total i really believe that if this rule is the truth you know and they can only first to 24 in the fourth quarter wins that means to me they are not getting there joe they are not getting to 298 or 300 because they are sapping the potential of the fourth quarter so i would like the under in the actual all star game of lebron and giannis um yeah. I I taking the under, under. If, this, if these rules are right, I'm taking the under on the All-Star game.
2: Yep. All right, there you go. Uh under in uh in that one I'm going Giannis. I'm going to take the points. I think a lot of people making uh, a big deal out of a draft and how they are not supposed to be um how they're not supposed to be there and he's a better <laughs> G. Yeah. I I love it. Give me the uh give me the Giannis squad here in the All-Star game to be able to get it done. Pick of the night, Dane. Where are you going today? Yeah, I'm
3: going XFL for the weekend. Give me the Houston Roughnecks. I'm on Houston. I like Houston. I think PJ Walker is this league's like Deshaun Watson. I will take Houston and I'll lay the eight points, which is really only a one-score game in the XFL. Give me, uh,
2: give me the under, uh, over rather. Give me the over tonight in uh, the Yale Princeton game. I do think that these two teams. Uh, drop about 70 points apiece on each other. The total is uh, 137 and a half. I do think that they will have no problem getting to that number. Give me the over in Yale, Princeton, in the Ivy League tonight. I'm also gonna drop a couple of bucks on Justin Thomas, taking down Tiger Woods head-to-head round two today in the Genesis Open. And, like that uh, under with St.
3: Bonaventure that Maxwell said. That under one that. That. that was his
2: play of the day as well, guys. Yep, yep. Uh, Morning after next, Dan and I will be back on uh, Monday, getting you ready, uh, recapping and getting you ready for another week of sports investing. Good luck with the plays, guys. We'll talk to you then.